All right. Hello, everyone. Namo myoho renge kyo. Namo myoho renge kyo. Namo myoho renge kyo. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your practice, your curiosity. If your first, if this is your first uh, video podcast or or your uh, thousandth, there's lots of podcasts and videos on this channel, of course. And um, I should probably mention more often, but if you're just joining us or recently joined us, uh, I've been doing a series of various translations of the Lotus Sutra. But there's a lot of history on this channel. And uh, I have uh, playlists on the channel on YouTube. And um, you can search, I think, by topic or keyword on the uh, Podbean, on the podcast. Um, and a note on the podcast, I have gotten occasionally some uh, posts from you on the podcast, but uh, for some reason, I haven't been able to respond to them. Uh, everything directs me to a mobile app, so I'm working on a laptop computer, and there doesn't seem to be a way for me to comment back or respond to your comments. So I apologize if you hadn't heard from me. Um, in the meantime, you can email me directly at tlksylvain.com at Gmail, or you can find that email on the YouTube channel, or if you're watching on uh, Odyssey. Okay, the, the main thing I wanted to say is um, please use the playlists to look for other sutras that I've uh, done a series on, uh, whether it's the uh, Virmala Kirti or the Lankavatara or uh, uh, my comments on the Surangama and so on and so forth. Uh, and then there's a lot of Q&As and independent, uh, just me blathering on about uh, Buddhism with regard to what does the Daimoku mean, why do we chant, how does it work. Uh, all of that is in concert with the many, many posts on the, the website, the threefoldlotus.com website, where there are tons of documents you can download on the study materials page for your own uh, edification or your use as uh, in a group setting for discussion uh, if you meet with friends or others or help others or assisting others who are just beginning and maybe you've been practicing for a while. Anyway, this whole resource, whether it's the podcast, the audio podcast or the videos, uh, the website, the bookstore, uh, the mandala store, uh, it, it's all about uh, strengthening your practice, right? Giving you confidence uh, in the practice, in your practice, um, and increasing our resolve as we practice to fulfill our maximal potential every day of our life right now. Namo Myorengeko. All right, so we are in the midst of the um, Leon Hurwitz translation of the Lotus Sutra. Uh, we're well beyond the midst, actually. We're on chapter 22, and um, without repeating the whole drama, uh, I think if you've been keeping up, uh, we are now at that phase of the Lotus Sutra where, all right, this is how to do it. This is what you can expect. This is the way to move forward. Uh, and for the future, our era, these modern times, uh, the bodhisattvas from beneath the earth, which is future bodhisattvas, you and I, as Nietzsche points out, uh, are now going to get the direct communication from Shakyamuni of this is your task. This is our task. So he's going to talk to the bodhisattvas from beneath the earth, us 
We Future Bodhisattvas, and the chapter is entitled Entrustment. That's pretty common translation for this chapter, so we'll just go with it. But as, as you know, uh, it simply means uh, passing the baton to us for this era, this latter day of the law, this age, as Nietzsche calls it, mapo for Japanese. At that time, the Shakyamuni uh, Buddha rose from his seat from inside the treasure tower, you'll recall, and displaying great supernatural powers with his right hand, stroked incalculable bodhisattva mahasattvas on the crown of the head. Then said, quote, For incalculable hundreds of thousands of myriads of millions of asamkaya kalpas, I practiced and cultivated this dharma of anuttara samyak samodai. So hard to obtain. Now I entrust it to all of you. So, that's very poetic, and it's very flowery, and it's hyperbolic, and it's all those things we've learned to understand in the teachings of the sutras, the, uh, the teachings of Shakyamuni for the people of his time. Uh, but he's speaking directly to you and I now, and he's simply saying that this pre-existing condition of all phenomena that is responsible for the cosmos and everything within it, including you and I, is a process that is actually observable. It's a process that if you fully engage with it, you will be in the flow of the engine of life. And by doing so, you will no longer be preoccupied with the things that cause you stress, anxiety, pain, suffering, and so forth. A, a, an experiential shift because craving things for the future and clinging to things from the past is delusion. The past is gone. The future has not happened yet. Everything is happening in this moment and our contrivances in the mind of whether it's emotional or uh, somehow identifying ourself with the past and the future is the source of our confusion, pain, anxiety, so on and so forth. This is the basic premise of Buddhism, right? So, he's saying to you and I, this has always existed. It's not always had a sentient mind to observe and be aware of. So this is now your unique opportunity in your time, in your time of sentience, to take responsibility for awakening this mindset, this, not mindset, but mind state, if you will, this potential you have in your mind to experience life fully without obstacles, without, I won't say obstacles, I'll say potential, right? Whatever your situation, it doesn't matter. If you operate within your full potential, then your situation, it's not so relevant because as samsaric beings, we're obsessed with our situation. And in that, in, in that analysis, it doesn't matter if you're opulently wealthy or poor as a doornail. Uh, your sensations about life are driven by how you think, consider, attach yourself to those parameters. And those parameters are fleeting, false, and never static. 
Everything in the universe is constantly moving and therefore constantly changing. So to, be, to adhere to some certain ironclad set of circumstance it makes no sense. It falls apart in the analysis of moment-to-moment-to-moment life. Right? It's very freeing. You must, he continues, all single-mindedly propagate this dharma, broadly causing others to benefit from it. In this way, thrice stroking the bodhisattva masattvas on the crown of the head, he said, for incalculable hundreds of thousands of myriads of millions of asamkaya kalpas, I practiced and cultivated this dharma of anuttara samyak sambodai so hard to obtain. Now he's repeated that a second time. Again, we're also familiar with the breakdown of this illusion of time that we operate with, right? Which is our way of conceptualizing space and creating this idea of past and future. So he breaks this thing called time down to indicate its futility and to say, he, Shakyamuni, hasn't been around for millions and millions of eras, but Buddha-ness is part and parcel of existence. That is without time, and therefore all time, right? There's that seesaw. Now I entrust it to all of you. You must all accept, keep, read and recite, and broadly proclaim this dharma, enabling all beings universally to know and hear it. What is the reason? The thus-come-one has great goodwill and compassion. He is in no way niggardly, nor is there anything he fears. Now, I know that sounded like a, a bad word there for a moment, but it's, it's not a racist word in that, well, I mean, look, at Indians are pretty dark brown, aren't they? So it's not about that. It's about being uh, unfairly, miserly, um, astringent to others. You understand? You can look it up on your own. He is able to get, and you might, we might prefer a better word. Remember, this is a translation. And uh, I'm putting out my own translation of the Lotus Sutra very soon. And I will be endeavoring to extirpate these, um, didn't quite say that right, but to remove these troublesome words because the meaning of what's being said is much more important than the actual words, as Shakyamuni has pointed out in previous sutras, yes? So, let me go on. He is able to give the beings the wisdom of the Buddha, the wisdom of the thus come one, the wisdom that is so of itself, right? Moment, 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 being. Live as a verb, not a noun, yes? The thus-come-one is the great benefactor of all living beings. Again, not Shakyamuni, but Buddha-ness. This perspective, this uh, beyond epistemology, which is a collection of judgments that are all thrown into question when you simply experience moment-to-moment potential of life, which is ever-changing, right? You all must also imitate the manner of the thus come one, never giving way to that, again, that, that falsity, that, well, 
they use the word niggardless here. This is the first translation that I've read that word in. So uh, when it says niggardliness, I think uh, we need to find a better word for that simply because there's so much charisma attached to words of this ilk. Um, but let's not get hung up on that right now, yeah? That's, we, we understand the meaning rather than the contemporary meaning, right? In an age yet to come, if there is a good man or a good woman who believes in the wisdom of the thus come one, of the enlightened mind, the, the Buddha mind, yes, you must preach to him or her this scripture of the Dharma blossom, the Lotus Sutra, the Myoho Renge Kyo, yes, enabling him or her to hear it and know it in order to enable that person to attain Buddha knowledge, their own experience, right? You can't hand somebody Buddha-ness. You can't enlighten somebody else. You can only help them to achieve enlightenment for themselves. It's a very individual practice. If there are living beings who neither believe or, or nor accept, then you are to show and to teach them, to afford them advantage and joy by resorting to the other profound dharmas of the thus come one. If you can do this, then you shall have repaid the kindnesses of the Buddhas. Now that's a very important statement because there are groups, organizations today that are very religion-like in that they will tell you, don't read their book, it's no good, only our book is right. Read only this book, don't read anything else or you might get you know, put on the wrong path. And Shakyamuni is making it very clear here this is the, the maximal teaching. This is the ultimate teaching, the Myoho Rengekyo. However, some people who are ignorant of Buddhism or ignorant of the different schools of Buddhism, you may have to adjust to their familiarity, their, their less um, uh, capacity to understand the things we're teaching here in the Myoho Rengekyo. This is universal teaching but you may have to start with the teachings of the Thravaka or the Pratyaka Buddha. You may have to start with expedient means, skillful means, using devices like the parables and the stories we've read in the Lotus Sutra. If you can simply use those in the Lotus, then you're a step ahead. But you may have to rely on, as I've often pointed out, the Kirti, the Lankavatara, because there are specific points made in those sutras or the perfection of wisdom, which lead people to understand with greater depth how their mind is at work performatively creating the world they think they know. Right? And Buddhism is very much about that world, that worldview that all you have to do is uh, watch some YouTube videos or television or listen to the radio for a day and you'll see how many, uh, if you don't just listen to one channel, that is, if you skip around and observe the tremendous variety of people's world's views, some of which you'll, you'll think, oh, I didn't think of that, and you'll learn something, others which you'll listen to and think, wow, <laughs> Has that person been living in a cave or under a rock all their life, right? I mean, there's such disparity in people's worldviews. And not only that, 
rather than being open to discussion about those disparities, most people are hunkering down and taking sides. And that's one of the aspects of this era that Shakyamuni spoke about almost 3,000 years ago, that is the difficulty of creating a chord to teach this ultimate practice of self-enlightenment, self-realization. Some people simply aren't ready to even hear that as a viable concept, or they believe they've already achieved it. And in all of the teachings of Buddhism, certainly within his first 40 years, and now in his last eight with the Lotus Sutra, and we've covered that in previous chapters, he's had to deal with these very contentious issues, even at the risk of his own health, injury, and life. Yeah? So, he's basically saying, you know, learn from the lessons of what I've shared with you in my own life. Be judicious in how you approach people, but if they're curious, by all means, dive right in. You don't want to keep... Every day you don't expose somebody to the ultimate truth is a day less they have to realize their full potential. Do you want to be responsible for that? This is why we often say the first note of conversation with somebody who's curious, who wants to know, who's asking, is to chant with them. Get them to chant the Daimoku because that's the invocation itself of their buddhaness. At very least, it will open that Gohonzon mind, that little Buddha eye in their mind. And it'll start offering them, giving them the ability to perceive through their, whatever their life filters are. We don't know what that is, right? We, we hardly understand our own and we're practicing daily. Yes? Okay, moving on. At that time, the Bodhisattva Bahasattvas, having heard the Buddha make these remarks, all experienced a great joy that permeated their bodies and all the more humble and reverent, bending their bodies and bowing their heads with palms joined together, they faced the Buddha and spoke together, saying, quote, As the Buddha commands, so will we reverently do so. Together, very well, I'm sorry, reverently do very well, O honored one, we beg you to have no concern. In this way, three times did they speak together, saying, As the Buddha commands, so shall we reverently do. Very well, O honored one, we beg you to have, to have no concern. We're on it, right? <laughs> At that time, Shakyamuni Buddha caused the Buddhas who were emanations of his body and who had come from the ten quarters each to return to his original land, saying to them, O Buddhas, let each of you follow what course is most comfortable for him. The stupa of the Buddha many jewels may again be as it was. Now you remember for these last few chapters, everyone's been elevated in the assembly, uh, uncountable, unknowable, fantastical assembly of minds, has been afloat in the air along with the treasure tower of the seven jewels, yes? Namo myoho renge kyo. Everyone's been floating in the air all this time. 
So now he's saying, now that we've delivered this critical information at this point and the entrustment to the future, everything can go back as it was and we'll continue talking about the Lotus Sutra. So when he had spoken these words in the ten quarters incalculable Buddhas who were emanations of his body, emanations of his body, not Shakyamuni's body, but since everything in the cosmos is of this engine of life, you see, he's always talking about the same thing. If you don't know this, of course, it's very confusing, right? So we are emanations of that same engine of life, right? So all seated on lion thrones at the foot of jewel trees and the Buddha, many jewels, as well as the great multitude consisting of superior conduct and limitless asamkayas of bodhisattvas, the fourfold multitude of voice hearers, sharvakas, consisting of Shariputra. Somebody just asked me recently what happened to Shariputra. Well, he's still there. And others, and the gods, men, and asuras in all the worlds, having heard what the Buddha had preached, were all overjoyed. And that's the end of that chapter. It's a brief one, isn't it? But it's kind of like an end parentheses around this central portion of the Lotus Sutra where we're told what to expect out of self-realization, what guides us through this treasure tower, this seven jewels. This, this is a representation of our enlightenment. We are the treasure tower. And Nichiren has used this area of the Lotus Sutra very um, fundamentally to his doctrine, right? In his creation of this mandala, the, the, the altar with the Butsudan, all are representations of the stupa, the seven jewels, our, tre our treasure tower of enlightenment. Yes, all of this figuration in these discussions, he has put to actual form. To, to quickly produce our invocation of Buddha easily in this era, right? Because we're very motivated by thingifying things. And so we have those most clear physical representations to use as a mirror to get back to our mind. I know if you're new to this, it sounds a little complicated, but believe me, there's lots of videos about this on this channel. There's more information on threefoldlotus.com. And if you can connect with any of the other people in this sangha to talk about it, listen, this is an individual practice. So I understand you might want to talk to somebody. Tune in, look through more videos. You can talk to me via these videos or emails. Ask me any question you like. But this is a self-motivated practice. So my goal has been to provide so much information that any question you have, you can find a resource. You don't have to rely on anyone else. You can go to threefoldlois.com, look through all the little buttons and all the little, you know, what is this, what is that, and research for yourself. And then you could have maybe more interest, or not interesting, but more, more meaningful to you questions to ask, right? It's the nature of learning things is that, once you learn something, you have better questions, better in, in that they're more meaningful to you, right? So let me know. Do that. Next chapter, 23, the former affairs of Bodhisattva Medicine King uh, will be uh, an interesting study in, a, again, a certain kind of a mindset um, of practice, uh, often misinterpreted, 
uh, throughout China in the in the uh, um, the second uh, what is it the second age of the Buddhist teachings, right? From um, you know around 400 A uh, CE to uh, all the way to 1200 uh, CE. So um, yeah, there's still early practitioner, early schools of practitioners out there in different countries that are still misreading that chapter. So we'll take our time and go through it so that we understand it clearly. Uh, I really appreciate your listening. Uh, please take care of your health. Without your health, you can't practice strongly. Without practicing uh, with great resolve and confidence, your Buddhahood is lacking, and we don't want that. We want you enlightened all the time, yeah? I'm sure that's what you want, so let's stay the course and let me help you in any way that I can. Those of you patrons, or if you're just buying ebooks or print books, uh, I don't mean to minimize it. I'm saying all of that is tremendously helpful to keep these resources uh, going, more books coming. Um, so a profound gratitude to you guys. And those of you who have signed up to be patrons, whether it's through Patreon or straight through PayPal, we're all in your debt. Namo myo Thank you, bodhisattvas all. Yeah? And we'll see you in the next one. Without a doubt. Bye for now. Bye.